1: We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media, March 5th, on the Best Show Ever podcast.
2: And we're live. Hello, everybody. We're back. Leg 2 is here, and that means we're here. Hi, I'm Sh- Les Fluffer, and welcome to Always Almost There Day After Show.
3: And I'm Neil. Welcome.
2: Hi, Neil. It's great. I, I just, every, everything is just great today. Like, you know, it's hot and sunny outside. Goose is back on tour. Fish tour starts tonight. Like, it's it's all coming together right now, you know?
3: Yeah, it's hot and sunny where you are. Let's get to it. I know. know. It, have, have the finally happened begun? a few days ago. <laughs> the penguins have begun their migration north. Oh, so. no, don't worry. It's
2: still probably going to snow <laughs> next week. But okay. I'm enjoying this stretch of of shorts weather. It's, it's very, very nice. Now, before we dive in to today's show, we've got some special guests. Uh, of course, take a minute to tell you about our sponsor, which is Beekeepers Naturals. Powered by nature and obsessively tested, Beekeepers uses potent ingredients like propolis, pollen, and royal jelly and steers clear of added chemicals. In a day and age where we want to boost our immune system as much as possible, Beekeepers Naturals has many products from lozenges to gut health supplements to support us and tap into the magic of nature. Personally, I don't leave home without one of their propolis throat sprays, especially supportive when singing my heart out at a show. Use code STORMSOUND at checkout for 20% off your order at beekeepersnaturals.com. And
3: that's that. I'm so excited to talk about this show. Like we can just talk about the the opener and then I'm just going to leave. Well, but. Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> that's your thing. But before, obviously, before we dive into the show, let's bring our guests on. We've got at Trey Warren and uh, Madison Huvan. Uh, yes, that's what he looks like. Uh, hey, guys, how you doing? Doing great. Fantastic. Welcome. You're both. One of you is in Chicago already. One of you is en route to Chicago. In uh, Chicago. Ready, ready for the salt shed. That is a beautiful, beautiful day, it looks like for some goose. Oh, dope. Gorgeous day.
1: Perfect weather, man. Super ready. Love it. It's everywhere. It's
2: like the whole what country the is like? beautiful weather, right? I know. It's amazing. Except for Seattle. Uh, it's cold and rainy in Seattle. Um,
3: <laughs> because it's Seattle. Which, that doesn't ever change. Uh, yeah, well, maybe, yeah. maybe
2: goose will bring sunny next weekend. We'll, we'll, we'll see.
4: Um, but what, what was the weather like in Madison yesterday? Very warm. I was, I was in shorts and sandals.
1: Yeah, it was beautiful all day. Like the best weather you could expect or ever have in
2: April. Just tremendous. Love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's really been, it's really been coming together nicely the last weeks I just said. Um, but okay. So start us off Madison Huvan, um, you know, tell us about getting into the Sylvie last night, where you ended up, what the pre-show vibe was like.
1: Yeah. So vibes were high. Um, lots of people out different bars and restaurants um, saw lots of goose shirts Um, the weather was just so perfect Um, and surprisingly I've been to the Sylvia a bunch of times this was the easiest entry I've ever had there was like no line Um, we walked in about seven and to get a spot you know somewhat close and um, sure enough we were able to get our spot it was super easy yeah it was great
2: love it Trey what about you
4: I had to drive down last minute because I'm a, I'm a teacher and I had to teach yesterday in Minneapolis. So I left at about 3 o'clock and basically drove straight to the venue and showed up about the same time, about 7 o'clock, walked in. Uh, my buddy, who I was staying with, got there a few minutes later, and I went down. I was just left of the soundboard, ran into some other people I knew, uh, one from Madison, one from back home, and kind of settled in there right in front of Getty all night, and it was fantastic. Love
2: it. Neil, how about you? you? You have a pre-show nap yesterday, getting prepped for the bit later of a start time?
3: Nope. I, I don't even know what I did before the show yesterday. You know what? <laughs> it's actually kind of funny is I missed, like, the first, like, I don't know, 30 seconds of the show because I didn't actually expect them to start when they did. It was they like started, like, and
2: 35 minutes after ticket time.
3: Yeah, that's, like, early. Yeah. Mean, <laughs> it's early. I
2: don't know. Well, it was fun. Uh, you know, I got a little bit of a snarky puppy pre-show last night. As I said yesterday, the only time I've ever been rooting for Goose to start later was last night, so I could get as much of the snarky puppy show in as possible before, uh, which was cool. Um, but I was very excited. You know, Neil, talk about the opener. Uh, you're you are the person to talk about this opener. Switch an opener.
3: Uh, I've been calling this opener for I don't know since 2020. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, Every single this, night.
3: This has been my opener call for three years or two and a half years. And here it is. It finally happened. I don't think there actually has been a switch in opener since 917 2020. There's been switch ins, yeah. but not a switch in opener. So I think maybe there's I one. Think in you're right. There. May, oh, no, down. they opened
2: uh, Charleston 2021, 5621. They right. opened with switch in, but the two. After that, uh, we're both mid-first set songs. So great to see Switch and Opener come back. I was very excited for you. And Peter's sticking with the organ on this one uh, after kind of going there on a whim uh, at Dylan last summer. Excited to see that. You know, I love the way the organ sounds on this song. Uh, but, Trey, tell us, what what was the
4: opener like uh, in the room? Uh, it was great. I had about three people next to me wondering what it was. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, well, it's an old jazz standard. They played it a few times. Uh I remember seeing it in Dylan last summer. I guess some yeah, last summer. I yeah, lose I track do. of years. I lose track of years. <laughs> uh, but no, definitely the the uh the vibe was strong. I mean it's such an infectious groove. Even if you don't know it, how do you not? But yeah, I think it, it was definitely one that a lot of the crowd didn't know. But very quickly, very quickly caught on to. Love it madison what about you
1: yeah it was great uh same thing that trey said like people in front of me were kind of confused and um i was like switching and i immediately thought of neil of course of course uh, switching to opener yeah so yeah i knew i, I knew it was switching I, i'd seen it in dylan last summer so uh i was excited it was an opener though it was, it was great no one could do yeah, lo- that except for neil
2: except for neil neil's the only one uh well let, let's keep you on here Talk to us about uh, Mr. Action uh, and Atlas Dogs here, you know, kind of the songy part of the first set, if you will. Um, I thought I thought these were both very well played versions, uh, you know, precise, if you will. Um, Mr. Action felt like it had a little more a little extra mustard uh, more than normal. Absolutely.
1: Um, I thought it was the best version they played so far. It just had like, yeah, like you said, a little extra life to it or something. Um, and they played it flawlessly. It was, it was solid, great, great second, you know song.
2: Love it, Trey. What about you? These two songs, Mister Action and Atlas Dogs.
4: They were the saucy part of the set, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. I immediately thought of my friend, um, my good my good friend Tweeter. Reprise on Twitter is finally coming to his first Goose show tonight. Yes, and um, he's the guy that turned me on to him, turned many people on to him, and he's a huge Mister Action fan. And so, like, I look down, and sure enough, like, three minutes in, he's texting, like, fuck, shit, ah,
1: you know, he was pretty <laughs> pissed.
4: And, because uh, he'll be there tonight, but wasn't there last night. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where my head was. I felt bad for him missing it, but got to come to the show, dude.
2: I know. So, you know, may- maybe they'll play it again for him tonight. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, but then we get into this flea. There's, there's some stuff happening in this fleet. Uh, kind of the return of that, like, very aggressive – Clav thing that Peter did in the Ryman Thatch, uh, it came back in, in in this flea, kind of a very grimy build. Uh, but Neil, like, talk to me about this.
3: Yeah, I mean, this was the first indication that the show was going to take the turn that it did. Yeah. Right? Switch an opener, you're like, oh, bodes well, and then you get like Mister Action, Atlas Dogs, and you're like, oh boy, like, there, th- this is a turning point in the show. Anything could have happened here, right? They could have played like. Another kind of like standard song with like no jamming. And then you get this Flea, which to me was a surprise because usually Flea will see more like five and six show gaps. Here it is, kind of snuck in there. And like, you know, this is one of the songs that can really squeeze into a first set and jam. And this one did. This one had a lot of grime and grittiness to it. Mm-hmm. in the beginning and yeah man killer absolutely killer
2: it got there in a relatively short amount of time too uh like when all was said and done i think it was only around like 13 14 minutes or so which was it's cool to see them get getting that kind of efficiency in
3: yes sir Very you concise. know we talked about this like a little bit yeah it's just like when they can find those cool spaces kind of like they did in the, the red bird in boston mm-hmm. um so quickly i mean it's it's yeah it's it's fantastic and it's it doesn't have to be a 25-minute jam to really knock your socks off. This one did. I really, I liked it a lot.
2: But speak okay, before we get to the 25-minute jam, that's gonna knock your socks off. Trey, you got any thoughts on the flea?
4: Uh no, just how how the efficiency of it. Like yeah. how how they don't mess around. And, you know, honestly, as a as a as a longtime fish fan and as a goose fan, Time to Flea is one of those songs. It's kind of got those silly lyrics, and you know, you just kind of have to like you know bite your tongue a little bit but man when they get that deep that fast i can look beyond some silly lyrics and get and get down pretty hard love it love it chris what about you
1: yeah it was solid i was actually surprised when i saw the next day uh you know like this morning when i saw it. what was it like 13 minutes
2: 13 or 14 i think yeah. yeah
1: like being there it felt like it was like 20 minutes so yeah, apparently they're very efficient. They got to a lot of places because yeah, I come to talk to me in 13 minutes.
2: I love it. Well, and then now we'll get to the 25-minute jam that's going to knock your socks off, which is this Bourne. Uh, we see another version of this, you know, kind of double-time Bourne that we've been seeing this spring, um, you know, fast tempo. And I feel like they, they've been treating it differently because what I realized after the cat version, I realized that they've been dropping into the jam the exact same way that they had done it in 2022 off of the other version of Born. But I feel like they've been treating the song differently the last couple of plays, like really like putting some intent into opening it up um, and taking it some places. And last night, um, to me, is the best of the three versions we've seen um, so far this spring. Just an absolutely amazing exploration. And I want to really highlight what Peter was doing on the synth, like that kind of spooky, whale call kind of thing. Uh, and For anyone curious how he did that, um, it's the, the effects he uses, like the glide effect that he uses on Silver Rising. So when he hits one note and then he hits a low note and it goes Eww. But instead of doing that from notes that were very far apart, he was doing that with notes that were right next to each other. So it was
4: just going up and down a little bit.
2: Um, but that was very, very cool for
4: me. Um, that's, a, yeah. that's all well and good, but can I interject here? i got to interject on this yes, one. Yes, do it. Because th- to me, this jam was Trevor. It was Trevor, it was Trevor, it was Trevor. Trevor was everything in this jam. I was back by the soundboard looking like the guys during the Bohemian Rhapsody part of Wayne's World. I was headbanging so much because Trevor was laying it down. And then obviously Rick on top of it all. Not trying to underplay Peter here, but like... This yeah. was this was Trevor's moment to shine in the show last night. As far as I'm concerned, love it,
2: Chris. How about you? Yeah, I loved
1: it, man. That was it was quite a jam. Um, I'm gonna echo Trey with Trey saying Trevor was just kind of
2: um,
1: he was leading it, man. He was taking his thing. Yeah, it was tremendous. Great jam. They needed it. Yeah. That set too, I think. Like it was like the perfect man. placement, fast born. You know, it was nice.
2: Fast born, big jam. Yeah. love it. Yeah, Neil, what did you think of the born?
3: I mean, I need to go back and listen to this. I wasn't there at the show, but I mean, this was something. This was something, man. And I have not. I I tried to listen to it really quick when I was, you know, driving home. In, I think this is the kind of jam that takes like a couple listens to really let it soak in. There's a lot here, and I. Really enjoyed it last night. Can't wait to check it out again. I mean, so awesome that they're doing this with Born. This is this is great. I mean, it took a while for Born to find its identity. Maybe this is its identity. Maybe not. Maybe next time we just get like a standard like six minutes of Born at like regular speed. Who knows? But I do love where things are going with this Born. And this one I think got to the spaces that the Philly Born never got to. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. This one's pretty great.
2: Yeah, we, we had just talked about on our on our leg one recap, you know, how the Philly Bourne like isn't going to be remembered for its improvisational greatness, but is going to be remembered for its significance to the band's development in improvisation, the patience in that jam. And so we saw that again in this Bourne. Uh, but I think they again, they, they pulled it off with much greater success uh, last night. And then from the Bourne, we go right into Rockdale. Perfect way to close out the set. Um this was really cool, you know, drum break and all. Um just, you know, I, I I this song is just so good. It's just such a good song. Chris, what what was the this this like in the, the drum the drum section and everything in this rock tale? What was that like in the room?
1: Oh dude, it was great. Uh Sylvie's got great sound, I think. Um and it just it's kind of perfect for a band like Goose. Um
0: mm-hmm. but yeah,
1: that, that Rock Dale was a perfect way to end the first set. It was yeah,
2: the place is rocking
1: for
4: sure. Love it. Yeah. Trey, what about you? It's amazing how some of these songs have emerged with these sing along sections, you know, for uh and some of these songs that haven't been in the repertoire that long that that are that are catching on so quick and, mm-hmm. and Rockdale is kind of one of those songs that not only you know, I it's it's impossible not to make some, you know, fish comparisons and you know, obviously that's been a topic of discussion and you know, as as one of these set closer type songs, you know, and um, some of those big set closers that Fish has have been around for 25, 30 years, you know, they've been playing them forever and ever and ever. And to see a song like Rockdale, um, a song we'll, you know, we'll talk about Empress later that haven't been played for as long, you know, that are, are relatively new to a lot of people and new fans that so quickly get that, get everyone buying in. And, you know, obviously it doesn't have the same jamming depth, but it's just kind of more of a crowd-pleaser, up-tempo number. It really is a great counterpoint to kind of that deep, kind of angry, bass-driven, like, fierce jamming that had just come out of the Bourne. So it was a great compliment to wrap up the set. Love it.
2: Love it. Neil, you you had a good point about that kind of shuffle beat uh, that they were doing last night.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think what's interesting about that, and that is, I think, the most interesting thing about this Rockdale is the drum solo, I guess, if you want to call it that, that that came in there, which it wasn't the flashiest drum solo, but I feel like it was incredibly technically difficult to play. I mean, it looked really complicated, uh, but amazing. And such a cool thing that kind of happened in there, which like, I think nobody expected that drum solo to happen. It just kind of materialized when Trevor dropped out where he was just like, the drums are insane right now. Like, I'm just gonna take a step back and watch this happen. I think they were giving that space to Trevor to take a solo and it was great. And then Rick was just like, yeah, enough's enough. <laughs> <And then> like, <laughs> yeah, like, bring it back in. Completely like jumped in like with a little bit of noise. And then uh, and then just like abruptly like went back into the Rocktail Peak too, after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemed like he wanted to get off the stage, but man, what a cool Rocktail, it's just different you know yeah. and the song always kills but that drum solo was awesome like i'm definitely well, going back to actually listen to that drum solo which i don't think i'd ever say about any drum solo ever so
2: yeah i i agree um one thing that also is really cool to me is jeff has told me that he and ben don't practice drumming on their own like they they don't they don't sit in a room together and like practice locking in on um you know snares and kicks and whatever like They just play with the band. So it's so cool to hear how locked in they are as two drummers, because as we all know, one of, you know, the pioneers of our scene is famous for the tennis shoe and a dryer double drummer, (laughs) um, you know, combination uh, for certain eras of their existence. Um, And so it's really cool to hear that, like, these two guys who just kind of like, you know, they haven't been drumming together for decades. It just kind of happened. They were like, okay, Jeff's going to join the band and he's been gradually playing more kit. I think, especially over the last year or so, he's been playing a lot more kit, um, than percussion in in a lot of jams. And so it's so cool to hear that isolated and hear how locked in they are. Um, I think that, that was, that was something that really stuck out to me during this. Um, and, of you know, course, we've, we,
4: oh, yeah. we, we've heard a lot about, you know, passing the torch and all that stuff. I'm waiting for Mickey Hart to pass the clogs to Jeff and really round <laughs> out the groove sound.
2: Listen, Jeff, Jeff said that uh, Mickey is gone, gang. So there you go. Uh, after, after playing in the sand. So uh, we also we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the casualties of this show. Uh, unfortunately, we're on the written set list, but got skipped. <laughs> Uh, They were supposed to play Inside Out and uh, lead up in between Bourne and Rockdale. Chris, you're shaking your head. Do you have some opinions on this?
3: Yeah,
1: I would have loved Inside Out, personally. That would have been perfect coming out of Bourne. Um, So when I saw that this morning, I was was a little bummed.
3: Maybe we'll
1: get it tonight.
2: Hopefully, that would be cool. And, you know, obviously we have world's number one Spoon fan here on the pod. And Neil, Neil, how do you feel that they skipped the Spoon? I
3: mean, hey, listen – even if you're not the world's number one spoon fan, which I'm not, uh, but you know, it's an amazing cover that they do. They do yeah. such a good job of it. We talked about the other day with the Brian Brigman when he was on the pod, when we were wrapping up this last leg of tour, they do this one so well. And I don't know if this is actually like a, like a true to the original cover. Like this is like goose. just like playing it is. a spoon song. Um, and, it's yeah, it's it's killer, dude. It's one I of saw, their best
2: covers. I saw Spoon play it live at ACL in October, um, and Jeff walked by me as they started Inside Out, and we had like, a, oh, like,
3: <laughs> yeah, um, and is, and like absolutely, was
2: um, but yeah, it was great. Um, and no so, lead up
3: too, which is like a drag because lead up is awesome, and hopefully we get that tonight. Because... I think I
2: think we'll see lead up tonight or tomorrow for sure. Uh, I I find it hard to believe that they would, uh, you know, not play it for yeah. A well, of I mean. Shows.
3: Like think to last year, right? When songs were new last year, actually the last two years, when it's brand new, it's played. like every third show. Like yeah, every third show you're getting it. Maybe sometimes every two shows. Like California Magic was like getting no gaps. Well, red they first Pancakes too
2: was getting like. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see when that we'll see when that pops up. But Chris, take us through your set break experience. What were what were the vibes like? Did you see people. What were people feeling?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, a hometown show, so. I saw, like, I feel like I knew like every other person walking through the venue, so uh, it flew by for me because I was literally talking to like, you know, 100 people, Mm -hmm. uh, taking pictures and seeing people I haven't seen maybe for a couple years. Um, Yeah, it was wonderful. And then it was super easy to get back to our spot too, because a lot of people kind of cleared out um, to get beer or whatever
2: yeah there's always there always seems to be like a mass exodus of people at set break from the floor and it's like where do they go because they don't come back during the second set like there's there's inexplicably at every show like every night of the cap there was like 20 percent less people on the floor for set two than there were for set one which is just like where's everyone going <laughs> like yeah. so yeah it's funny uh trey what about you what was your set break like
4: Oh, I nerd out during set break. You know, I was I was checking up a couple song gaps on El Goose and of course, uh, following up on a baseball game and talking to a couple people and. Uh, but yeah, definitely noticed the clearing out. We got pretty crowded first set where I was, and it was much more loose uh, second set. But uh, no, I uh, I was very impressed by the bathrooms at the Sylvie. They had uh, like there was I swear to God there was like tw- there was like twelve stalls in the men's room. I've never seen that in my life.
2: Wow. They're well-prepared. We, and we are a pod that is known for our bathroom uh, discussion. I think we should make that a regular part of every episode. I think this needs to become a regular segment because it's just kind bathroom of happening. The bathroom analysis. The yeah. bathroom analysis. It started with the cap, and now it's just a thing. Uh, well, shout-out to the Sylvie for being prepared in the
3: men's washroom.
4: A-plus uh, bathrooms. That. Love it. Yeah, the
3: bar. The bar is the cap, right? Well, and, that's an incredibly
4: low bar. Low
3: bar. <laughs> Yeah right. So anything is better than the cap. That's well, the, yeah, and the
4: cap know. those those urinals. The cap you're basically got to hold hands with the guy next yeah. to you. So
3: <laughs> 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 or like put your hand on a shoulder, linking like arm. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Everyone plays a little game of Twitch.
1: Well,
2: we, we've <laughs> we, we've talked about the cap bathrooms a fair amount. Let's dive into this set two here. Um, the year of wisteria is never going to end. We get another huge one last night. Hitting again on that riff that people keep saying, like, you know, kind of Dave Matthews, Bandy. I think that that it it felt like to me like Trevor was hitting that kind of groove last night in this Wisteria. But this one just passed the 20-minute mark. Another incredible, incredible version of this song. Some nice guitar work from Peter uh, at the beginning. You know, again, two guitar goose. Peter's guitar tone just sounds so good. I'm going to say it on every single episode because it's true. It's true. Chris, Wisteria. Oh
1: man, this version was amazing. Um, Sorry, I lost my voice for a second. Um, Yeah, it was just an incredible Wisteria. Uh, I was happy to see it like opening second set that usually has a good track record. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was just a great version, it was awesome. They just like kept peaking and not ending, it was
2: great. Yeah. What about you Trey?
4: You know, I mentioned how I thought Trevor was really the star of that Bourne. I thought Peter was the star of this one. I thought he laid down kind of that Plinko underbeat early that kind of drove the whole thing. And I forgot, one of you mentioned earlier that uh, the time to flee felt like it was longer because it did so much. This this wisteria went 20, but it was like it was the fastest 20 minutes of my entire life. It was like, how is that already 20 minutes? Yeah. Because it was just so jam packed with different stuff happening, there was just so much going on that it's like boom, twenty minutes over like that. Yeah, and the triumph at the end. Oh,
3: oh my goodness! I mean, it's, it might be my favorite peak of the year, and the year is like already huge peaks. This one is kind of incredible. We were talking about it in group chat. I think a couple of things. Want to echo what you were saying, Trey? We couldn't believe how long it had been. Uh, because it was just so good. And same thing with uh, Indian River, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but like it felt like a much shorter jam. But uh, also we were celebrating the peak of this song before the peak even happened. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, that, yeah. good. Uh, it was that good. It
4: was that good. Give you an idea about how great that peak was. I pulled out my phone, to take a little quick, like 45 second clip that I might have thrown up on Twitter or whatever and i did that 45 and it was still building so I, I stopped it did another 45 it was still building i ended up doing four 45 second clips <laughs> to try to catch that peak
2: wow that's amazing yeah it was oh my god it was it was amazing i hope you know again we talked about they've been really building these these bliss jams and these upbeat jams uh so far this year and so th- this is just amazing and then indian river Coming next in the second set, you know, I'm curious to think, before we talk about the jam, I'm curious to think of what the vibe was like in the venue when they go into this. This is a weird setless call uh, for this spot in the show.
3: I was disappointed it's... with this Indian River call. I, Me too. I, I was like, this is bad. This, this bodes not well for this set. This is a terrible call. And so when they got through the Indian River portion and they started playing the Welcome to Delta I was like, oh God, here we go. Like, we just ate up like 20 minutes, you know, his Indian River will sit there like in that 15 minute range ish um, when played, just straight up, right? And that was like 15 minutes eaten up of second set, whatever could have happened after that amazing wisteria, right? Like, I'm a big believer in momentum, in, and I think I actually said this in group chat last night. Yeah. With like not safer work terms, but uh, where I was just like, oh, man, they just- <laughs> They absolutely destroyed any momentum that they had. Yeah. took the like, wind like, out of the sails. I was completely wrong. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I've ever been more wrong in my life about like a goose opinion than I was about that. So what a, I, I mean, feel like we can find man. something. Yeah, probably. Um, but like, this is really, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that they found all of the spaces that they found. I feel like there were a lot of things happening actually throughout this whole second set where they were, it felt like they were quoting other songs, whether it was intentional or not. Um, they were finding all of these spaces that actually like, sounded familiar to me. and But still having it sound unique and incredible and exploratory and like fun. I, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, this, this Delta Jam is just incredibly fun. Yeah. All the way through, beginning to end.
4: Take us through a trip. Yeah, but- the second half I mean I, I agree like he, the, the, the composed part the intro part kind of the energy isn't there but it's like they just flip a switch about midway through and it just turns on and I want to shout out Andrew Getty for that Indian River because what he was doing in the second half of that during the in the instrumental kind of jammed out part was kind of his best work of the night as far as I was concerned
2: love it Chris Indian
4: River
1: yeah, it was great. I thought it was a pretty good call, actually. I felt like it was like a nice cool down, you know, when it started. Um, I don't know. I thought it was perfect right after that long Mysterio. Um, and then the Welcome to Delta jam was awesome. Uh, at that point, my friend, who was thinking it was his first, it's his first Goose show, mm-hmm. he was like, they're just going to jam the rest of the set, aren't they? And I'm like, yep.
3: <laughs>
1: Probably. Um, yeah, this- yeah, it was great.
2: Yeah, this was so cool because this was another one of their jams where they're going in with intention of like we're gonna throw a bunch of ideas at the wall and see what sticks. And getting getting out of the Delta groove, I think, is something that they've we've kind of heard them try to do a couple of times. But that's like a hard groove to kind of escape from. I feel like in the in jams, like there there are some songs like you know, fish playing sand is another one like that. That's a hard groove to go type two out of. Um, and so yeah, De- Delta is one of those. and they did it last night, which was really cool to hear. Um, Peter utilizing that like warbly haunted house organ effect again, which I absolutely love. Um, I-, I love that effect. Um, and you know, just classic funk jam uh, to end it off. And so it was really, really cool. I'm not sure how high it's gonna land on my on my playlist right now, just thinking in terms of cohesiveness um but it's again it's another one of those jams it's like they're taking risks this is like a again they're going off and who knows what's going to happen uh but this was really you know what i was
3: reminded of like what when we were listening this last night is like hampton fish um comet where it's like a song that never in a million years would you expect a jam to come out of this song then all of a sudden you get this incredible piece of improv out of this song. Mm. That's saying the jams are similar. Um, but right. it is let's, let's it bat in the bud song. right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh but it is you know, a song like that, like you would never expect a jam to come out of that. You would never expect a jam to come out of like Delta. Not anything outside of like type one territory, but um mm-hmm. yeah, dude is really cool. And it's cool it that they're great. doing that with songs like out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, it was awesome And then they debunk Chris, they debunked Your, your M-State theory About Dr. My Eyes next uh, Take us through How you were feeling When they went into that Like well, Their betrayal Yeah, I felt uh, Attacked Personally,
1: personally. Uh,
2: No It was <laughs> It
1: was hilarious It took me a second Actually to realize What song it was um, And I was actually Hanging back by uh, With uh, Brendan and, and Danny At that time Yeah and We just kind of All look at each other and I'm like Dr. Uh, My Eyes oh. Um <laughs> And then, even though I'm from Wisconsin, I was like, "Wait, just Wisconsin?" Know
2: <laughs> it's like, "Wait, what state are we in?" <laughs> um,
1: and then you came up with—I think you like texted me or something. And you were like, "Well, Madison starts with an
2: M." Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, it was the first time they played Dr. Mize in a state that doesn't start with the letter M. So my theory is completely gone now. It it lasted a while though. I had some good predictions,
2: you know. You you did.
4: You had you had two.
2: Yeah, it was it was actually very it was very impressive. Uh, but Trey, what, what did you think of the Doctor My Eyes?
4: Uh, you know, fun. You know, I was there. Uh, my friend that I that I met up with, who I stayed with last night in Madison, it was his first Goose show. He didn't not even really heard him at all. Mm-hmm. He was going in totally blind, and as a result of that, we ended up listening to a Jackson Brown playlist at his house after the show. So whether that's a good thing or bad thing is up to everyone, every individual person's judgment.
2: Solid. Yeah, I like this cover. First time played in 13 months or 82 shows. Uh, First time since Royal Oak Michigan, of course, last year. Um, But I I love this cover. It's a a great one.
1: It's a good one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then set closes with uh, very, very solid versions of both Creatures and Empress. Um, You know, fun way to close the set. Empress get on, on a short rotation the last little while. We've had like three versions in the last six shows or Something like that. I'm just pulling that number out of my ass, uh, but Athens, three Ryman, Birmingham, yeah, three versions in the last six shows, um, which is very tight turnaround on this song. So interesting to see which songs they're choosing to play a lot and which songs like Arcadia uh, haven't been played. I guess that's only on a six-show gap. But semantics. Um, end of this. Uh, end of this second set. Uh, Trey, take us through it.
4: Yeah, the frequency of Empress is definitely high. I I told you I was nerding out on some stats. I looked at El Goose on Empress because I'm like, boy, I've been seeing this song a lot. And last night was my 31st show and my ninth Empress. I'm I'm fairly confident that's the song I've seen the most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's another one I mentioned, uh, you know, the Rockdale. It's kind of got that that sing along vibe that just kind of, you know, upbeat not that they don't jam, but it's not that, you know, that same deep jamming of, a of the born or whatever, but just kind of a great up-tempo kind of party song to wrap up a set. And with some great work from Rick, you know, it, it's amazing. It feels like in this, this, as we've been talking about the show, we haven't really talked about Rick and it's, and it, it just shows how we kind of just assume that he's going to do incredible things. And it's like, we don't even need to, um, we don't even need to like bring it up because it's like, well, obviously, but, um, this was, you know, another kind of star vehicle for him as seven other songs were throughout the course of the night. Love it. Chris, what about you?
1: I, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I loved it. Uh, what was it? It was Creatures and then...
2: Organisms. Empress. Yeah. yeah.
1: Empress. Yeah, it was solid. It was great. Uh, great way to end the show, to be honest. Uh, helped my fantasy, too. I think I had a goose egg until then.
2: You know, it, it helps someone else's fantasy too, who uh, I definitely want to highlight going into the encore. You know, our, our friend Jive Goose was was the front runner uh, at the end of the second set, um, and he lost the Golden Goose to the flow down encore. Um, so, so
3: encore.
2: very, very happy to hear this. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. Poor, poor Jive. Um, I, was I don't feel bad.
2: I don't Fantasy feel bad Houston. at all.
3: And when I entered it, I was like, I wonder what's going to happen. Like, you know, flowdown encore, like fascinating. And I don't think anybody was really expecting a flowdown down in the show yet either. So I think it was also a pretty short gap. And uh, there it was. And then Jive, who had been in the lead for almost the whole entire second set, I think the whole ent- entire second set actually. I think that was Theory put him in. I first. think so too. Yeah. Yeah, and then 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 he lost. Yeah. Sorry. I-
2: I put up a whole four points last night. Real, real strong showing for me. Um, You know. Uh,
3: Actually, let me tell you like a fantasy goose story while we have a second here. Really quick. So, yesterday I put in my picks. I made a huge mistake and I was reading off of like kind of a a list I had made on like Google Sheets on my phone and I mistakenly put Empress of Organos as my eight pointer. Um, You son of a bitch. So, I reached out. To, to our friend Jason uh, who runs Fantasy Goose and I said, can you help me? I've made a terrible mistake. I never intended on putting this here and sure enough, they closed the show with Emperor Saborgans.
2: Did, did, had you gotten uh, it
3: changed? I had gotten it changed, yep. uh uh-huh. Yeah, I lose. So um, my I dad this it.
2: morning was like, I got 18 points last night
3: and I was like, I got four. <laughs> yeah. Sad trombone. Yeah. Uh, you know. But all in all, amazing show one thing I do want to say about the end of that second set is where creatures showed up in it. Mm-hmm. So if we look at the, the written set list it did its normal thing of opening set two, yep. they love opening set two with creatures. This time they kind of tacked it on the end of the set. Love that. Yeah. I think that's like a great spot for creatures. We talked really about good.
2: that on the pod as well. Uh, you know, with yeah. Brinkman. like that, that the late second set creatures, especially like a shorter creatures like this, like this is great. Yep. Um, we did also, we, the, the Erosion, Got cut from the second set, and uh, the white lights encore got cut. So we'll see if
4: those songs pop up tonight or later this weekend. For sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Was the flow down originally in the encore, or did they add that last second? That was no, an audible was
3: white light. Yeah, it was audible white light. Yeah, okay, so that was that was a
4: time thing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that the thing I kept thinking about because they they had just opened, they'd done the flow down opener what? Second night Ryman, third night Ryman. Something like that, uh, recently. Yeah, recently. And I I do, like, you could definitely tell they were coming up on that 12 o'clock curfew or something, because I think they finished right at, like, 12.01, and so they needed something high energy that would go, like, five minutes. And it was, it's fun, but I love flow down that, that just as that kickoff song, so to have it as the, it was kind of weird to see it in the encore slot, I've grown to really love it in that other slot, and it feels like, you know, you're, you're kind of torn as to where, where you want it. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Chris, what about you? Final thoughts on the show, the encore?
1: Oh, it was great, man. Um, I actually loved the encore. I thought it was it was kind of perfect. They crowded really into it. Um, but white lights would have been pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to highlight Getty in the second set. He had, like, smiley face lights during Empress, I think. Or creatures. Creatures are Empress. Um, but his lights in the second set were just insane. Just awesome.
2: Love Amazing. it. Love it.
4: I love it. Yeah. Alright,
2: well any any final thoughts from either of you guys before we wrap up?
4: Just excited for tonight, excited to see the Soul Chad. Yeah, it. I'm
2: excited. Heard many good things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very
3: better. excited for yeah. Chicago.
2: Yeah. More more Midwestern Goose, you know? Uh, people people are excited. I think the band's excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good couple of nights. Uh, and of course We'll be back here tomorrow uh, and Sunday and Monday and every night for the rest of tour uh, for our recap. So come join us uh, tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be fun. Uh, as always, we will have a bathroom report on the salt shed now that is that is now part of this podcast. Um, so have no fear. If anyone is only going to night two and they need a report on the bathroom, we will have that for you. So don't worry. Well, thank you, uh, Chris and Trey. Thank you both uh, for joining us today. Uh, Chris, safe travels the rest of your drive to Chicago. Trey, continue to enjoy this beautiful weather. Both of you have an amazing time at the show tonight.
4: Thank right, you. Thanks so
1: much. Take care, guys. Thanks. Of course.
2: Thanks. All right, and everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Day After Show. See you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hi, this is Henry K, host of the number one music history podcast,